Welcome to the Big Careers Small Children podcast. My name is Verena Hefti. I believe that no one should have to choose between becoming a CEO and enjoying their young children. For much too long, brilliant people have found themselves stuck on the career ladder when they have children, and that leads to gender inequality in leadership and the same stale, mostly male, middle-class people leading our organizations. We absolutely must change this. And I hope that many of you listening right now to this podcast will progress to the most senior leadership roles possible in a way that works for you and for your families. So you can make the decisions that make our world and our organizations better places. Beyond the podcast, I am the CEO and founder of the social enterprise Leaders Plus, which is all about giving parents the support and space to progress to senior leadership in a way that works for them and their families. We have lots of free events and also lots of resources on leadersplus.org where you can download helpful toolkits such as on returning from maternity leave, or securing a promotion as a working parent, or thriving or surviving, depending how you look at it as a dual career couple. We also have an award-winning global fellowship program for working parents who have big dreams for their careers, but don't want to sacrifice everything for it. You will join a tight-knit, supportive group of people. You'll get space to think about what you want for your life, for your family, for your career, a senior leader mentor and a lot of targeted support in order to get you where you would like to be. And you can find all that on leadersplus.org forward slash fellowship for the details. The next application deadline is on 20th March 2024 and you can download the brochure on leadersplus.org. This week I'm talking to Rachel Allison about how she built her own PR agency what she's learned along the way, how she's currently surviving with a six-month-old baby and running her agency, as well as how to manage your personal brand. Enjoy the conversation. Right. I am Rachel Allison. I am the founder of, I would say, a progressive PR agency called Axon Saw. I have a partner called Patrick. We had a civil partnership a year and a half ago. And We have recently had a daughter called Quinn, and she is six months old. Belated congratulations. So you're still relatively new on this exciting journey. What have you already changed your mind on about combining a big career with young children? What do you used to believe about what being in a senior role and motherhood would be like? And and what have you changed your mind on? Everything. (laughs) Absolutely everything. I think there is just an utter misconception around what motherhood would even entail. And I don't really know how and why it is this way. But until you're in the tribe of motherhood, I don't think you really have exposure to what is going to happen to you and how it might affect you and actually how much you will shift your mindset and thinking. And so... To say it was, it's constantly a shock, actually, to be honest. Like, I'm, every week I've got a completely different emotion towards the journey that I'm on. And I think, as well, I just realised I didn't have the level of respect that I should have given to other parents, particularly mothers, who were 
senior in my past and juggling it all and never, ever heard a peep about it. And I think it's part of this whole societal problem, I personally believe, in that we really don't, in the Western society, we just do not give women the space, particularly I can only speak from my own experience, women the space to actually transition into such an important moment in their lives while navigating everything else. I think there's just like a, there's a expectation to just bounce back and to be the same person and to, you know, as long as you eat healthy and you go and do a walk or whatever the like nonsense narrative is. Yeah, the, the Instagram mum view, isn't it? Where And they all look so beautiful as well, which I find absolutely yeah. unacceptable with anybody who has a child under the age of one. They look so beautifully turned out. Yeah, I mean, I agree. And if they do, there's always a secret army behind them, right? So there's no way you can just do that. So yeah, I think like in terms of senior, the motherhood and senior roles, I think it's amazing how our workplaces are just not facilitated, nor is our society facilitated for you as a woman on that journey to really feel the way that you want to feel. And I was reading some stat the other day about how it's, I mean, I'm not going to misquote it, but it's so common for women to have postnatal depression as an example. And I personally feel like it's because there's this weird like pressure and lack of conversation that happens when you're going through one of the most mind-altering, quite literally, transitions of being a single individual to being a person that is carrying another heartbeat and the rest. And I, I'm sure it's similar if you're a caregiver as well. But like, yeah, I just think there's not really any space afforded for that journey. Mm, I think that is so... True. And that there's something, it's almost as if we engineered a society that was trying to breed depression because we very often remove women from the support network, especially if you live in a big city and all your friends are in central London, in my case, and then you suddenly are very local with a baby or many people are, and you have sleep deprivation. And we all know that what that does to your happiness. You mentioned other cultures. It sounds like there's something that you would love to happen from another culture that you don't see here in the UK? I think that when, like in most other cultures, to be honest, like the first place we went on holiday was Italy. And I know that Italy is really family friendly. I have friends that are Italian, etc. And just the like, it's the space to be a family that you get given. You get afforded the space and like the respect at being like of having children. Like people respect you for that. They don't shun you for that. And in London sometimes, and in particular workplaces, you feel like it should be something that you should shut up about and just get on with. You're almost silenced into like not talking about it. And let me say this first and foremost, I probably thought like that before I had a kid. Like when people just went on and on about their kids, I wasn't a hater on it because I've always loved kids, but like I could feel other people being a bit like, oh God, shut up. We get it. You're a mum. That energy was definitely there. And then you kind of get pegged into being quite mumsy, especially like in my industry and like PR where they're like obsessed with youth and knowing what the next new thing is. It's almost so scary to ever get positioned as being a mum because you suddenly aren't relevant to 
the conversations or the spaces that people are operating in, which I just think is all bonkers. Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't even know where to start. So in terms of like other traditions that and other cultures that have embraced it, I feel like, yeah, I just think a lot of other cultures don't like silence you and squash you into just shutting up and getting on with it. And actually you're looked at as like, with a whole new profound respect, like my family's heritage is Jamaican and you know, they all call my nan when we go to Jamaica, like, mum. Like, it's a sign of respect because that is the most respectful thing you could be. And I think we don't have that same privilege over here at all. I don't really know why, to be honest. It's quite a shame. Interesting. And paint a picture of what it was like to start your own PR agency. What do you do in a typical week? I presume now you're still on a some sort of maternity leave but what is it like on a day-to-day basis so I suppose to go back like I started my agency in 2020 so I started it from already a point of like I'm gonna prove this like something has to change and it was from a passion point and if anything I didn't really think like in all honesty that I'd be sitting here today still as a business owner like my ambition when I started was just to stop moaning about the way that other people are doing things and it was almost like a bit of a like dare from my friends like if you're going to keep moaning about every single agency that you work for not doing things properly not doing things the way that you would do not having the purpose not having the values why don't you just go and do it yourself and what what's the worst that can happen and I just thought well all right fine like I'm not one to like back down on a challenge so I was like okay let me go for it and I suppose the thing for me is like when I kind of started to build and the agency started to grow and grow and it was like more and more becoming a thing that was like my baby in all for all intents and purposes I did not really take into consideration what having a child would look like in this scenario And actually, part of the reason why I went to some of the agencies and made the moves I did at certain ages was because I was like, oh, like I want to have a baby and I want to have maternity leave. And I forgot about that, actually, when I just got reinvigorated with like creating my agency. And so PR and the way that we do PR is very much like focused on working with brands or organizations who have a story to tell or they have a moment that they need to talk about or whatever it is so like one of my clients actually is a fertility client as an example and what she's trying to do is create a more democratic accessible way for other people to have families through kind of IVF or egg freezing all of the different things that come into it and so what that looks like from my perspective is like very much like consulting on like what are the messages that we get out there how do we get them out to the general public who are those people that we need to like get on side in order to tell that message and like what does change really look like for the brand like if we went into like a more bigger picture way of thinking like what's the end goal and how do we get there and what stories we need to tell to get to those places. So my day-to-day varies a lot. It can be anything from like being in the office of the team and we're just sitting around every morning we do a newsroom pool, which is across all socials, digital, print, whatever. And we just pull out stories that we think are relevant or interesting things that we feel that we can comment on for our clients or as an agency. And so that's normally how we like kickstart the day. And then 
from that, my day can look like anything that comes my way. Like if there's a leak in the office, that might be my day. If someone's laptop's crashed, it might be my day as well. But also like it's a lot of, especially in this kind of time of year, it's a lot of meetings with clients. It's about resetting all their goals. It's about making sure we're all aligned on the plans. It's about making sure that we're in front of the right people a lot. And actually like as an agency, we're looking at creating some of our own events and things. So it's kind of like putting feelers out, making sure we're in, you know, those conversations speak to the right people, that kind of jazz. So it's kind of like being in the mix of whatever's happening, essentially, which is a lot. It's quite an always on job, I would say. I bet it's not a job where you naturally gravitate towards having boundaries and all that. And how have you found it so far? So I had a baby three times while setting up my own organization so it's really it's really tough and only with the last baby did I hire a maternity cover or was the organization able to afford a maternity cover so I've worked through pretty much every of my maternity leave from a practical perspective how are you surviving at the moment what do you do to are you back at work or you're part-time yeah yeah, I'm back at work. So, I mean, when I first found out I was pregnant, wasn't necessarily in my business plan. But like, from a personal perspective, it wasn't like far off in my thinking. And what I didn't realize is how much it would actually help me supercharge the vision that I was trying to create. And I think I would have done it a bit slower because I would have made myself so central to that progression and actually what ended up happening was it supercharged me to really double down on making sure the team was like able to carry the business forward in my absence which I don't think actually as an entrepreneur and like starting it that's your like hardest thing to let go of I think because you're like my vision is only me you're kind of self-obsessed to some extent because you think all the answers right and I think what it allowed me to do was force me to be like actually what does it look like to other people if they were to start telling the same message under axe and saw so made me go out and look for people and actually learn quite quickly I failed really quickly with hires to be honest I went for something I didn't like I didn't listen to my gut on others and and I kind of like had to feel my way through all while pregnant so that was fun and also it just happened to be a really busy year with inbound business with like brands I'd always dreamt of working with my whole career so that was also helpful but I think all of those things just reopened up my mind in a different way I was upset to some extent like I I took the team and hiring and if it didn't go well and if it went really well like I I took it all really to heart and my whole business model and like what I preach about all the time and why I think we're different is that we lead with like humans first and I think that's what's missing from a lot of the other agencies where as you said it's not really a culture where you're allowed to switch off and I definitely suffered a lot from burnout when I was working for other agencies because I didn't know how to set boundaries and so I kind of built the agency straight away saying it's a four-day work week it's a hybrid agency like I want people to feel like they're empowered to be adults and I think four days is a great idea because it actually forces you to get to hyper-focus. I remember being in an office just sitting there for pointlessly on a Friday to get the drinks trolley out. And it's like, I actually need to create a fake culture where we're working till 10 p.m. just to get a free drink at the end of a Friday. Like, that isn't really what I was trying to create. So it made me double down on those values quite quickly. And 
in the end, my answer was waiting right in front of me. So I worked really closely with someone who I previously worked with who was a partner at another agency. And she was supporting on strategy and all those kind of things and actually was helping me in terms of like getting that right person in because she knows what the gap was in the agency. And we went through people and around people. And in the end, I think it was like a month. And I was like, I think you're going to have to do it full time. And she was like, okay. So that kind of like naturally happened in the best way possible. And then we also kind of hired in all of these other gaps that we knew that would really propel not only agency culture, but also kind of deliverables for the clients so that they were confident that we would be able to continue delivering the level of work that we had set out to do. And I have to say, the fact that we are a progressive agency has attracted progressive clients. And so I haven't had to deal with, I think, a lot of the fallout that you would have had going back into corporate space because I think my whole thing is about being human first and I think that my clients treat me with that respect as well and so there hasn't been this like horrible like carrot dangling energy at any point for me which is what I've seen happen to a lot of other agency owners. Mm, interesting and I think it's fascinating that you managed to pull off a four-day week when you were in a scale-up obviously still very dependent on your clients and it's an industry where you are in the end, you're there for your clients. So was it easy to get the clients on board or how, I mean, do you in reality check your emails all day on a Friday? We don't check it all day. I say to the team, like, it's like a switch off on a Friday, but like, obviously we're in a services industry. So we have like WhatsApp channels with our clients. I think to be honest with you, we're in a bit of a new era in that clients do respect boundaries to some extent. If you set it out from the offset, then there's no way of you, I always say like being really Austrian, like just be really direct about it. Like this is what we're aiming to do. This is what we'll try and do. But obviously if there's something important, we can come back to you. And nine times out of 10 on a Friday, it's not going to be urgent. Like everyone knows where we're at for the end of the week. A lot of agencies have this like 20 to 25% buffer where they know that a lot of work doesn't get done for a client. I just have scrapped that and given people back their time. And I think when people come in from other agencies, they're like, oh my gosh, it's really fast paced, but four days go so quickly. And I was like, that's 100%. That's exactly the energy of a startup, right? Five days is like when you're a little bit frazzled. You should be able to work hard for four days within your time frame, and then take that three days to unwind. And I think that's also the other learning when you come from other agencies of five day, five to seven day working week where you're like, whoa, that's full on. And then they're like, but you feel so relaxed by the end of your three days. And, you know, I really managed to go see my family and I feel really restorative and I actually can come out with a fresh lens by Monday. And I'm like, that's exactly the point of what we're trying to do. To that point, I know we're in a patriarchal society and I know things have been set up actually not really for women to succeed. And I'm really trying to flip that on its head. And like, I don't think that we need to be going at it for five days a week and then fit in all of the other responsibilities that you have to harbour as a woman, like the household, like getting the food shop, like making sure you do a little workout, go for a walk, check on the kids, da 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 and I don't think that you're at, like physically, I don't actually know how people do it. I'm like, I'm literally in shock and in awe. Like I remember working for people who lived in like, not even in London and their commute was two hours plus on top of being in the office and being present for like five days a week. And then they're raising like three boys or whatever. And I'm just like, 
I did not give you any credit at that time in my life. Like, I think that, and they did it with no moaning my way anyway, but like, they just got on with it and came to meetings and added so much value and like all this other stuff that you just, I just can't believe that it's not celebrated more and it's so like expected. I just, I hate it and I don't want to go on a bloody rant about it, but like, yeah, I just think it's amazing. I'm like, whole new fan respect. Mm, that's very true. Too often, organizational structures are not set up for working parents to thrive and progress their careers. And that's one of the root cause for the frequent feelings of guilt or feeling stuck in our careers that many of us experience. It is a root cause of why so many parents are plateauing in their careers, which leads to that terrible lack of women in senior leadership. We at Leaders Plus help to change this through our amazing community of alumni from our fellowship program, all our work with employers, and of course, our research. But right here, right now, in an often imperfect environment, I believe working parents do deserve support to develop and progress their careers in a way that works for them. Too often it is lonely in a leadership role with children and I believe you deserve, we all deserve, a supportive community of peers around us. In a hectic world you deserve time and space to think what you want for your career and family life so you can make it happen. In a world where the privileged learn through old boys clubs about how to progress their careers We all deserve to access that information about what really gets you to your dream role so that we can implement it in a way that works for us, that doesn't require us going for drinks with the boss every evening uh, on long evenings out because we want to be there for our children. Those are just some of the reasons why I set up the Leaders Plus Fellowship Programme and I would love for you to consider to apply. Here are some of the voices from our previous fellows. The Leaders Plus Fellowship has, ultimately, it's changed my life. The fellowship really has changed my life. And I'm, I'm in the process of returning to work now and I can't wait. I can't wait to make a change, to put myself first, to build up my team, to build up those around me and to really make a difference. Thank you. I completed the Leaders Plus programme in 2021 as I was returning from mat leave with my second child it was game-changing for me my advice to anyone considering whether they deserve such a support program is don't hesitate do prioritize do fight for the time to get clear on why and how you will work it I offer my absolute support and encouragement to anybody that's considering the program Download the brochure from our website, leadersplus.org, and if it is of interest, apply by 20th March 2024. And I think it is true what you're saying about intensity. I only notice it now as you're saying this. At Leaders Plus, none of us work longer than four days a week, and we all are off on a Friday. And it is true. It's quite intense. Like we are working very, very focused. There's no, you know, people are unbelievably driven. But I think there is something you come back 
very different on a Monday morning after a three-day weekend. Although, let's face it, weekend for children is not as relaxing as it might be if you just spent all weekend going to yoga classes. Yeah. But let's talk about brand, which is obviously your area of expertise. So you mentioned that the PR industry is one where everyone is young and cool. And that's what I'm imagining anyways. I'm imagining going for lunches and lots of, you know, that type. It's that not like it's not yeah. like that. Yeah. But, but I'm just interested in this environment, when you knew you were pregnant, did you think about how you would manage your own brand as a person with your clients? Yeah, of course. Like that would be silly for me to say that I didn't. I was initially quite petrified because I've been in conversations when I was younger with other brand or our clients or whatever saying things like, oh, now did it is on maternity leave that agency is a load of rubbish or like I'm you know they're going to come back tired like I've heard them say it so I had all of these things in my head and it was literally making me feel so anxious about how to move forward and I just didn't know and like I spoke to like some of my clients who I definitely know progressive and really kind and like I was like oh I think because I write quite a lot on LinkedIn and I kind of brain dump on LinkedIn it's not supposed to be some like big PR exercise I actually just thought that I like sharing things and I'm really rubbish at taking great photos and my friends are all great at it so I can't be asked for this Instagram plus I feel like there's no context behind it it's just like ooh, I'm at the gym and everyone's like woo and it's like if I post I'm at the gym I want to be like and I've had an hour and a half sleep my child literally probably hates me I'm only doing this because my mind's about to crumble like I want to write all of that context so that wasn't really working for me so it was like let me go on LinkedIn none of my friends are there it's so crusty I'll just dump what I want to do and I'll feel like I've done what I need to say and it's kind of like been a bit of a cathartic exercise for me as an example so I've been very open about like sometimes I don't get it right with scaling a team sometimes I'm looking at the wrong values this is how I want to change things it's like I've been very very open with my journey I've kind of like built in public or whatever that expression is but essentially I've just been authentic and just talked about my day-to-day and I was obviously getting more and more of these like meetings in person and I was getting more and more pregnant my jumpers were getting baggier and baggier I was like I feel really dishonest saying that I'm all about authenticity and so I really had to have a word with myself being like you say that you're about this and you're trying to be progressive and you're trying to say all these things but you're so scared of actually telling the truth right now so like what is it that's holding you back and so what I did do was like not necessarily post it but I started writing in those moments because I wasn't ready to start sharing with everyone and again I spoke to one of my clients and they were like yeah I mean a lot of the heads of brands and stuff probably aren't going to engage with that a lot of them are men and I was like yeah they were like so you might be like messing up your cash flow and I was like okay and like obviously I thought the same thing so I was very conscious to not post it in that time because I was just like if I come back to a business that is not where I thought it should be I'll blame myself forever for just oversharing so I was like let me just take the time out know everything's happening in the background and like come back I've written it all anyway and yeah I mean I came back did it and felt a lot better about it and felt quite clear-minded and I'm kind of glad I did it that way around and what I would say is when I did share it with people on LinkedIn it got really strong reception from other women who had been through it and actually some dads 
And then I kind of posted a couple more things and I just saw like the engagement was 95% women all the time. And I was like, that's so interesting to me and also quite telling. So yeah, to your point, does it make a difference? Does it make me not cool? Does it portray an image that I'm going to be like mumsy or past it? Maybe, probably does to some extent, but like, also, that's all BS, so they <laughs> shut up. And also, like, I hate this monolithic version of being a mum that is, like, I read something the other day about how, like, motherhood is so purposefully divisive. Like, you're so black and white. You're either exclusively breastfeeding or you're on a formula and you don't know how to do this. And it's like, oh, who cares? Like, are you all right? Let's just start there. Like, how are you feeling? All of that nonsense, and I think it's quite toxic that there isn't this, like, grey area enough in all conversation. Even if, are you a businesswoman? People are like, oh, you've gone back to work so soon, you're such a workaholic. It's like, I'm not. I'm doing it at the pace I need to do it at to keep my finger in what I've actually spent so long creating. I've poured so much of my life into it, and I want it to be a business that proves exactly what I'm saying that you can be flexible you can be human you can be like all of those things that I've like said for so long I need to make that point clear I've got a daughter and I want to show that things are different and it can be different if you're willing to make a sacrifice to some extent but I'm also not prepared to compromise on like seeing my child so like I'm creating my own version and I'm listening to what I want to listen to to be honest with you and just get me in a room with these tired people and let me tell them that I've still got that fire in my belly, if not more. So, yeah, that's what I'd say to that. Mm, fair enough, fair enough. And on the reflection, have you learned anything about how to train yourself in a way that people take you still seriously, even though they know that you will have a very young baby? And I, I find it unbelievable that I'm asking that question but it is such a bad reality. Sadly, people assume you're less committed to work if you have young children. And that's ridiculous. But you have to actively manage that. So with the people who are not the friendly women who know exactly what it's like, how do you manage what they think of you? So when I was first figuring out what I was going to do with my business and stuff, I outreached to people who I'd seen had done motherhood in the way that I thought was really progressive and like not disruptive, but like actually being a bit two fingers to the system kind of energy. One of them was my friend Lucy Werner, who also works in PR. And I remember her, the reason I remember her from the very get-go is one of my other friends went to her, I didn't know who she was, went to a talk she was doing at like WeWork back in the day. And she breastfed on stage doing the talk. And I, like my friend posted it being like, oh my God, blah, blah, blah. And I was, I didn't have a kid, I don't really know. But I was like, if I was a mum, that's the kind of stuff I want to be like about. If I'm breastfeeding, then get over it. You've asked me to do a talk and that's where I'm at in my journey. Don't know if I'd be brave enough in reality now thinking about it. I'd probably be like, oh my God. But like, I love that energy. So I spoke to her about it and she was like, you just have to be very clear that there's nothing to be shameful about. When you're saying my baby's crying, it's that's it like apologize or start making excuses and they're like oh sorry about this like which is my natural temperament because I'm in a services industry like I listen to whatever my client wants right to some extent and I found that advice was so helpful in terms of what I wanted to be about as a mother I feel like I've lost trail of your conversation sorry what was your question no that's absolutely fine you haven't you really haven't I think it's one of those things isn't it that we always 
when you are sleep deprived i've also we're having i'm assuming you're sleep deprived please don't tell me that your baby sleeps at six months old otherwise i will be so jealous as well. <laughs> no, just comes from a week of her doing one and a half hours max sleeping and i'm like <laughs> i don't have to still here you know i'm not gonna lie <laughs> well well done you i've also had a night not as bad as yours but my little one was ill and I wanted to check on him every two hours. So I was also up every two hours. So yeah, I think the listeners, I'm sure would agree that both of us are holding up very well and actually are having a very interesting conversation. I did want to kind of from with your more video professional hat on, when you do picture, you know, some of our listeners who are, and some of them I know myself and they're absolutely fantastic, incredibly impressive people, mainly women, but also some men, but who do feel insecure sometimes about the fact that they have other commitments and, you know, they go into a big workplace where there are huge expectations and nobody else is a parenting out loud type person. I mean, is there anything that we can learn from professional PR about how to make sure people think that you're good at your job, even though you have to run home at two o'clock because nursery rang and wants you to pick up a sick child? Mm. I think that's a really interesting question because I'm looking at it from two points of view. I'm looking at it from the lens of I know what the people in the workplaces view and image is going to be, which is so hard for you to like, turn the tide on it now because I've been in agencies where it's not like it's hard for you to rebrand as being like a really on it parent because everyone's going to use that as your weakness and so I would say there's two things I would do probably one is pick allies in your space that will advocate for you which I would say to anyone that's going to do anything like there are people that are gonna care about how it's making you feel and like the bits that don't need to be high level to some extent I think you need to get a couple of those allies in your workplace so that you don't feel alone in those moments and who actually champion the other stuff you're doing so that it doesn't become a one-track conversation about like Rachel the mum who oh kids been sick three times this week and we've had to pick up the pieces that nonsense you need someone in there that actually sees beyond you trying to do it all and juggle and balance it all to tell your story I think sometimes give the mic to somebody else to help fight your corner because I don't think we need to do everything all the time and then the other thing I would probably do so I'd bring a couple of people along on the journey so that they felt empowered to talk about me for me and then I would probably I'm just thinking of those environments I would kind of approach it like how I would with a lot of things like if I birds eye viewed on what I needed to do in a day-to-day you can do all that stuff you do every day in your job but like if you went out a bit and you thought hmm what do they actually want to see and what's really going to add the value to make them view me as a really like key pivotal point of this puzzle I would start focusing on those things and actually to some extent let the smaller things not pass you by but like if you can share that load then do because that is the best way to get through quite a heavy mental emotional physical moment in your transition and navigate an unfriendly or hostile work environment like I would do both of those things create allies share your story so that you're not alone and I would second thing my brain this is what 
It's my life right now. <laughs> Not to worry, you're, you're talking about making sure that the other people toot your horn, which I cannot agree enough with. And if you do want to get other people to talk positively about you, what's the secret? Do we just have to ask people or is there something that we can learn from your professional PR approach that you can translate into getting your friends to tell everybody else how good you are? Because sometimes you do need that. It can be very lonely if you are the only one all the time trying to explain that, yes, actually, you are still good at your job, even though you do have a child. And actually, you're maybe good at your job because you've learned so much from looking after your child. Mm, my go-to would be I have always gone for authenticity prevailing everything else right I think as soon as you have to start acting like a character and you start having to pretend to start speaking a different language and all that other stuff it becomes taxing and it also means you kind of create this space where no one's actually themselves and you have this kind of like work persona I've always been rubbish at having this like polished prim and proper like I was quite rubbish in the corporate environment as you can imagine but like I purposely think it's like almost my superpower and I think that in owning your voice you'll actually be able to shift that conversation a lot better one of my clients is amazing is like an activist and all that stuff and like he was in a situation where a right-wing paper was like absolutely gunning for him taking his like tweets or whatever out of context and blah 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 and it made a really solid case which I knew was BS obviously because I worked with him etc and we had a really great conversation and he was basically just like the only thing I can always be is myself and I can always stay true to that point and like it's only when I start moving away from like my actual purpose and my actual self do things get muddy and complicated and you get lost in this like someone can say something about you and you can actually be quite confused and be like, oh, well, no, like if you stand by what you're saying, then it's quite legit. You can back it to the end to some extent. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that helped answer your question. It does, it does. We're coming towards the end of our podcast and I usually ask our guests for one or two really small things that someone can try out this week. So if someone has listened to you now and wants to do a bit more about managing their personal brand, but has no idea where to start, what would be a very small thing they could start doing this week that takes maximum five minutes? I think spending five minutes thinking about how do you want to make someone feel at the end of your interaction with them actually allows you to be a lot more intentional with what comes out of your mouth. She says, not doing that before today, clearly, because my answers have been all over the place. But I think zooming out as much as possible to get to your end goal is probably your best thing. So like if you're intentionally going into a meeting and what you want everyone to come away from as the feeling, the overarching feeling is she's got her together, right? Like what steps does that then look like? Does it mean that you arrive five minutes early, that you've got your glass of water by your side? It kind of has a ripple effect once you get where you want to go. I do that a lot. Like when I'm nervous for things, e.g. if I was going on like, I don't know, a YouTube or whatever, I don't like things being filmed and stuff and weird. But like I thought, well, how do I want to come across? Do I want to be like Miss Professional that knows every answer and da-da-da-da? Or do I just want to 
feel relaxed and like what does that look like how do I need to sit if I want to feel relaxed like all those small things that help you feel confident in those moments because you've already thought of it you know when you get into the space you're like okay cool this is how I'll show up that would be my like five seconds imparted knowledge Mm, wonderful and if people want to find out more about you about your work and your organization where should they go so I love a LinkedIn, as I said. So on LinkedIn, my name is Rachel Allison with two L's. So it's A-L-L-I-S-O-N. And if you want to find out more, my website is axe, as in thing that chops down wood, and saw, again, wood chopping, .co.uk. So axeandsaw.co.uk and have a look on LinkedIn and Instagram. It's the same at axeandsaw with an underscore at the end. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Rachel. It's been a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Apologies for my rambling sometimes, but (laughs) this is me. I'm going to own it. (laughs) Absolutely. You were great. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening today. And a special thank you to all of those of you who have connected with me on LinkedIn in the last few weeks. I really, really love hearing from listeners and hearing how you enjoyed the show. So it means a lot. Thank you so much. If you would like to be in touch in real life, do consider joining the Leaders Plus Fellowship Programme. It is such a fantastic community of working parents supporting each other to find a way to get careers where you can make a big difference in senior roles, but also do that unapologetically in a way that works for us. And if you want to apply, then the deadline is 20th of March. You can download the brochure for the programme on leadersplus.org. Podcasting is also quite a male-dominated environment. If you look at the top charting podcasts, especially outside of the kids and family space, very often it's all led by men. I can't remember the numbers, but it is very male-dominated. Just take a look at the charts. And interestingly enough, more females than males listen to podcasts. So another unequal space. And thank you for supporting this podcast by listening to it. But if you want to help us I guess have more influence in the space then please do help by sharing it with your friends and by leaving a five-star review thank you so much to all of those of you who've done that already have a wonderful week